the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed in the program are not necessarily those of this radio station or its sponsors and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. You should always consult the appropriate advisor before making any financial decision. All rights reserved. Now, new focus on wealth with certified financial planner Chad Burton. Drawing from his 28-year background in finance and investing to help you make sense of your money matters. New focus on wealth. Get a new focus on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now your host for New Focus on Wealth, Chad Burton. Welcome into the show. I'm your host, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. A money question for the show. Don't forget to email me. You just go to chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. Email me questions for the show or sign up for the webinar that Rob Black and I are doing on December 7th, Seven Steps for Retirement Readiness. So it's seven key things that I think you need to put your plan through, put your thoughts through, test your portfolio in a sense, um, test your ability to handle the mental issues with retirement even because it is a, it's quite a transition, right? You go from saving money every two weeks in your 401k to saying, okay, I've got to depend on this for the next 30 plus years of retirement. So check it out. You can sign up. It's free December 7th. And uh, it's at home, glass of wine. Listen to us chat about retirement. Now let's talk stocks for a minute because it's such an interesting year because when you look at the NASDAQ currently up with total return with dividends up 46 and a half percent before the market opens today on uh November 22nd, as I'm recording the show. And that sounds amazing, right? But if we kind of put that in perspective to win this current cycle that we're in, and what is the cycle? It's a cycle of the Fed's raising interest rates. And that cycle really started with the announcements of it of back in January of 2022. So even though the NASDAQ is up huge this year, up 46.5%, it's still down from January 3rd, the first trading day in 2022. So we're a year and 11, almost, you know, almost a year and full 11 months through that, this cycle. And the markets, if you look at it in terms of, okay, let's look at the S&P 500 because that's up 19.85% back up almost to the high of, of several months back. But even the S&P 500, when we look at it, is down over since January 3rd, 2022, 2.5%. So it, it's kind of like that math of of investing here where that I talk about at events all the time, where the reason why you have to look at portfolios in terms of volatility and downside and why balanced portfolios make so much sense in retirement is because if, if something drops by 50%, the next year you have to get a 100% rate of return to break even. So essentially tech stocks fell so much in 2022 at the thought of higher rates, just decimating tech companies and the valuations. Um, and then a couple of things happened. The numbers weren't as bad as people thought in terms of how it would affect tech companies. And then you have basically an AI revolution here. 
And if you haven't used it, I mean, just simply using the paid version, paid version of uh, ChatGPT. And boy, what a lot of drama over this last weekend of Altman leaving and then coming back. I just want to be a fly on the wall in those board meetings to to figure out more about why are they trying to push tech the tech too fast and and people are worried. You know, all the things that are going on there. That's a whole show, a whole story about that. But it's it's changing the way that I even search for things online. So rather than going to Google, I will go to my chat GPT four and, and uh, you know, start there. Now I will say it's not always accurate information. So you got to verify things, but it's uh, it definitely changes the way that um, I'm doing searches for things and even dealing with pulling up uh, ways to explain different issues. For example, I had a client ask about what is accrued interest on bonds. And rather than, you know, slowly typing that out from memory and, and taking 15, 20 minutes to type out an email, making sure it's accurate, no spelling errors, you can pull stuff like that up. And it's more of a conversational search versus like, uh, here's a bunch of links and then you got to click on the link and then cut and paste and do all this other stuff. So it's, it's definitely a revolution. It's going to change productivity out there. Um, so it's real, but I, I just trying to put the market returns in perspective because really, if you take out, um, the magnificent seven of the S and P 500, which is, you know, all the tech stocks, Microsoft, Apple, Nvidia, the companies that have really Facebook that skyrocketed this year, it's because they fell so hard last year. So if you look at the equal weighted S and P 500, by looking at an ETF RSP by Invesco, which it's the S&P 500 holdings, but instead of so much being weighted into Microsoft and Apple and Amazon, some of those other companies, it's equally weighted across all 500 companies. And that's up 4.64%. So that, that's kind of more of a representative representation of the overall market. Because if you look at small and mid cap with the Russell 2000, this year it's up 2.66%. So drastically behind large cap. Um, if we look at... Uh, the let's just look at maybe you know value this year value stocks have lagged growth stocks a lot but they're actually ahead of the game if you look at it from january 3rd of 2022 because last year in 2022 value stocks barely fell at all so that's why you need a little bit of everything in the portfolio and be aware of chasing the returns the fomo returns because what happens with the stocks is they kind of look out to say, okay, what's probably happening here in 2022. Everybody thought there's going to be a recession in 2023, but that hasn't happened yet. So far, we're just seeing slowdowns and kind of that soft landing news. Um, but the stocks in the long term, you know, treat you extremely well, but in the short term, they can overreact to the downside or the upside. And you do not want to invest emotionally on that roller coaster. Um, you know, what's interesting is how well international developed is done. So if you look at an ETF like EFA, which is international developed countries. So it's, you know, it's not like the India and China and, and Vietnam and it's, it's larger European countries, for example, up 11.47% emerging markets up 5.31%. So really, if you look at the whole market, the, the equal weighted S&P 500 small mid cap in the U.S., International stocks have somewhat outperformed there, unless you were fully just invested in tech. And then you're you're way above that this year, but again, way behind if you look at a two-year period on the rate cycle. So where are we at in the rate cycle? 
10-year treasury, what a wild ride in the last couple of weeks. We went from 5% on the 10-year treasury. The Fed signaled, hey, we're done raising rates for now, kind of. They didn't really say that. I'm not putting words in their mouth, but essentially that's what the market believes. So people jumped into bonds, causing prices to go back up um, and yields to go back down. So the 10-year treasury went from nearly 5% to down to 4.42%. And we have still have an inverted yield curve. The two-year treasury is yielding 4.86%. So 0.44% higher as of before the market opens today. Um, so rates still historically high, you know, back to 2006 levels and still a great opportunity to, to really put cash to work because look, stocks take really good care of you over time. If you look at the last 50 years, S&P 500 has averaged 11% or more um, with dividends reinvested and positive over 74% of the time. So even with those negative years, it's averaged that. So stock take, to, they take really good care of you over time. But if you're like sitting on cash or maybe you had a liquidation event or sold a business or whatever it may be, and you're like, oh, should I go in now? The market's already rallied. Like, look, most of these indexes are still down that I mentioned over the last two years. In fact, if you look at the bond market by looking at AGG, iShares core U.S. aggregate bond index. It's an, it's, you know, essentially a core bond funds report against this index in terms of performance. It's down 11.48% total return. So that's what the interest rate invested essentially on, um, AGG. And so every single index that I'm looking at, whether it's NASDAQ, S&P 500, equal weight S&P 500, emerging markets, the Russell 2000 bonds, everything is down if we go back all the way to the beginning of the rate cycle, January 2022. So it's, you know, even though we've had a rally back from the, the very bottoms, the market's essentially gone sideways two years because we keep expecting this recession that so far is just a slowdown coming up here. Um, it's always safe to average back into the market, start building a portfolio. It's a great time to rebalance if you're going into retirement because bonds still look attractive at this point. So don't just sit there like a deer in the headlights and do nothing. Make some of these changes, these tweaks to uh, set your portfolio up for the coming years. Say hello to a pass that gives you endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. You might call it the suitcases always packed pass. Or the wait, I get to choose from 100,000 trips pass. The will it be the beach, city, mountains, or all three pass. Or you could just call it what we call it, the Inspirado Pass. Endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. Learn more at inspiradopass.com. I'm a little bit back into earnings so far because um, I love checking out FactSet Earnings Insight every Friday. So um, this one is as of the 17th when 94% of the S&P 500 companies had reported their actual results for the third quarter of 2023. Um, 82% of the companies have reported a positive earnings per share surprise and 62% have reported a positive revenue surprise. So expectations were pretty low for the quarter. And a lot of companies came out and beat earnings growth for the S&P 500, 4.3%. Um, it will make, according to facts, that the first quarter of year-over-year -year earnings growth reported since Q3 of 2022. Um, so <clears throat> we have a PE ratio, though, after this rally up uh, of 18.6 on the S&P 500. So that... It, is below the five-year average of 18.8, but above the 10-year average of 17.6. 
Now, you know, some of the numbers out there, whether it's M2 money supply or, um, you know, people showing that they're increasing their credit card debt or showing, you know, a bit, bit of a soft patch in the economy here. Um, but so far, the market's been fairly resistant to that. Uh, facts that I said, it's also interesting to note the number of SP 500 companies citing recession on earnings calls for Q3 2023 is below the five year average of 84. Uh, and below the 10 year average is 60. And maybe it's because they're tired of talking about it and being wrong. I mean, if you remember 2022, everybody was expecting a recession in 2023 because of inflation and higher rates. Um, it is definitely playing through. I mean, you're seeing certain, I mean, you look at certain sectors of the economy, it feels like a recession. Unfortunately, you know, what's really frustrating to me is that so far, you know, two people that are, uh, you know, really up for election. You've got Trump and Biden. You had Trump, you know, create a lot of inflation with the PPP stuff and then Biden not watch it in terms of who gets the money. And, and you know, he had so much money flow into the system that turned out to not be needed. So unless you're a hotel or a restaurant or somebody that was really, truly affected by the shutdown, a lot of people got money that they really didn't need. And who paid for that? Well, man, I, I could imagine if I was still younger, um, my mom, my sister and I, and, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, um, when, when I was young and that grocery bill tripling, it would have killed us. We would have been moving back in with our grand, my grandparents again, for sure. So it's definitely been tough on a lot of people. Um, so inflation is coming down a little bit, but it hasn't come down as much as the grocery store. Right. And that's, that's what happens to a lot of families. Now, revenue growth is pretty tame, guys. So that's what you kind of look at too, right? You've got what, as a company, you're saying, okay, you can cut costs to increase profitability. That will only take you so far. You have to grow your revenue um, at a quicker pace than costs and inflation. The blended year over year revenue growth for twenty, the third quarter of 2023 is 2.4%, which is below the five-year average of 7.2 and below the 10-year revenue growth of 5%. But that includes COVID, right? So um, you got to be growing revenues a little faster. So the rev, the lack of revenue growth, um, and I mean, really what happened is companies controlled costs really well, much better than what people thought, especially because of wage inflation. So they cut costs, cut you know, payrolls, things like that, but not to the extent of a recession so far. So interesting to watch. It's going to be uh, a lot of economic data um, will be changing as we go through 2024. Speaking of that, what I want to talk about today too is it's just in general, taxes are going to go up in the future. We have just a dysfunctional Congress right now that keeps passing and extending these, the budget issues, kicking it down the road, causing way too much stress. And no one's really tackling the main issues, the main expense problems that we have, which is things like Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. And so I'm going to talk about this because I want you to start thinking about focusing on that Roth IRA or if you're funding a 401k, really think about putting at least some into the Roth 401k potentially. And you always want to consult a tax advisor, or your certified financial planner. Um, if you don't have one, just go to chadburton.com. Or um, if you are retired, your IRA to Roth conversions, which you can do regardless of your income. Um, 
let's just talk about it in terms of social security because FA magazine, financial advisor magazine just came out with this and, uh, another article. It's, you know, pretty common to get these articles out there talking about the flaws in social security. They say under current law, if FICA tax revenue is insufficient to cover current benefits, then benefits will be cut by whatever amount is needed. The Congressional Budget Office calculates the cut would be 25% in 2034, rising to 28% in 2053. That would be a problem for many people. You know, 70% of Americans or so, they're, they're, the most of their income in retirement is from Social Security. Social Security was developed to keep people out of poverty at retirement. It was not developed to be a main source of income, but that's where we are. Now, I don't see Congress allowing this to happen in 2034 where people that are retired and receiving benefits get cut. So you're going to see continued changes. So how is the Social Security program funded? Through FICA tax. If you look on your paycheck, you have this FICA tax line item. And when you're working for somebody, you pay half, the employer pays half. When you're self-employed, you pay both halves. That's why when I say if you're going to be self-employed and run a business, you need to make 130% more of what you're making now in order to replace half of the FICA tax and all of the benefits like healthcare, disability, you know, 401k match and things like that, that you're getting working for somebody else. You have to be very clear about what you're going to make self-employed wise. Um, so we're going to continue to see the retirement age go up right now. It's, you know, 67 for a lot of people is the full retirement age. 70 is, there's no reason to wait to beyond that. There's going to be incentives to wait longer um, or benefits cut for younger people or FICA. The, the amount of money that we pay FICA tax on continuing to increase. It's gone up a lot. The amount of paycheck that you pay FICA tax on has increased by quite a bit. So it caps out at a certain rate. The other thing to realize is that when you're retired, there's this crazy formula that I always say that was, you know, written on whiskey night in Congress because your social security in general, if that's all your income wouldn't be taxable. But if you take one half your social security plus all your other income, including your tax free income, then there's a 50% taxation of social security and then an 85% taxation of social security. We're probably going to see those numbers go up where at some point, hundred percent of your social security is taxable income. And then we'll talk about the changes in the tax brackets that are set to take place in 2026. Hi, this is Chad Burton. If you have questions about retirement and investing, it's time to get some answers. My website, chadburton.com has a ton of resources. There are downloads to help you determine how long your money will last in retirement links to our webinars and several videos discussing everything from retirement planning to tax efficient investing, estate planning, insurance, and even saving for your kids' college. While you're there, also check out our tax planning and estate planning services and our video explaining our online wealth management tool. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. This invaluable resource is able to show the values and allocations of all your accounts regardless of where they're held. Information is updated each day at the end of market close, and these new numbers are fed into the financial projections we've created for our clients with the goal of constant financial clarity. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com, and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. Talking about taxes going up in the future, I mean, first of all, we can look at 
what are we paying FICA on right now? Right. So FICA funds social security and FICA tax is 6.2% of your income up to a certain level. You pay 6.2, your employer pays 6.2. So if you're self-employed, you pay 12.4 before you get into the normal brackets. Now for 2023, you pay FICA on your wages up to $160,200. Anything over that, you don't. That's going up to 168600 in 2024. Now, this is the 30th year that I've been in the business. And I, I just remember not too long ago as well, it was under a hundred grand that you're paying that on. And so eventually the amount of our income that we'll pay FICA on will increase. And the problem with that is, is that if your benefits don't increase along with it, that, that creates a very unfair system. So I think the system has to, you know, really completely change over time or it becomes more of a mandatory 401k style contribution. Um, because of the the costs involved and just the population has changed. We got 10,000 baby boomers turning 65 every day. And um, it's, it's just population wise, it doesn't work. Also. So that's one reason why, okay, taxes are going to go up because we're going to pay more FICA. But remember all of the tax cuts from 2017 are set to expire in 2026. Now we'll know, how likely that is in November of 2024 after the elections on whether or not, you know, that just automatically expires or gets extended. But as it sits now, tax brackets are going up. The 12% bracket becomes 14. The 22% bracket becomes 25. Then it gets a little messy, but in general, the 24 becomes 28. The 32% bracket becomes 33, 35, and all the way up to 39.6. So taxes are already set to go up in 2026. You have the social security system, which is set to start having a deficit in terms of income versus outflow in 2034. And then we got Congress that continues to spend more and more money, right? I mean, it's not like they're trying to control costs here. Um, so taxes are going to go up in the future. That's why a lot of things that we talk about, um, you know, I'll, I'll hit on this on the seven steps of retirement readiness webinar this coming Thursday, December 7th. So, um, a little over a week away here. Um, so it's December 7th. You can register at chadburton.com. So just go to chadburton.com about midway through the page. You can check that out. But that's why, um, focusing on the idea of, are you doing anything for a Roth? Because if you get to retirement, everything you have is in a pre-tax 401k and you have no other assets besides social security and a pre-tax 401k. There's not a lot of fancy tax planning that we can do. But if you have different types of assets, you have some cash, you have some non-retirement investment accounts, things like you know stocks, ETFs, mutual funds, tax-free bonds in a, in a brokerage account outside of retirement accounts. Um, and Roth IRAs, and you can start to blend income and keep your tax bracket super low for a long period of time. So uh, one of the things that you can look at on your tax return is what is your marginal rates? Where are you sitting? Because the way that tax brackets work, because you have the brackets that I mentioned, um, 12%, um, 15%, 22, 24. When you, when you pay taxes, not all of your income, not all of your taxable income is at the same rate. Sometimes you're just over a certain amount. So for example, you can put in a mix in your 401k of pre-tax contributions and Roth contributions in your 401k. 
So maybe you put in enough pre-tax to get below a certain bracket. And then after that, you put in Roth. So inside your 401k, you have some money that you've never paid taxes on growing tax deferred. You have some money that's you pay taxes on growing tax-free for the rest of your life. So that when you retire, what you do is when you roll your 401k over, you have your pre-tax money goes into a regular IRA, your Roth 401k goes into a Roth 401k, and then you can control how you take the income. So focus on that. Um, focus on if you're maxing out your 401k already and you're at a really high bracket, then you can fund a Roth IRA. If you pay too much money to fund a Roth IRA, look up how to fund a backdoor Roth IRA, where if you have no other IRA accounts, you can fund an, an IRA, um, file a form 8606 saying, hey, IRS, this is not deductible. I make too much. And then you can turn around and convert it to a Roth IRA without paying taxes. Um, so there's specific rules on that. So consult a broker advisor or consult a CFP, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner or CPA before you you know just blindly do that. Um. But the Roth 401k. So in fact, um, it got delayed until 2026. But if you're making over $145,000 and you're over 50, so you're making that 401k catch up contribution. Um, if you make over 145 grand starting in 2026 and beyond, your catch up contribution has to go into the Roth 401k anyway. Supposed to kick in this year and the IRS, you know, passes the law or Congress does, and then realizes that there's no possible way that all these companies can change their documents in time. Um, the other thing you can do is the mega Roth 401k that I've talked about in the past. Um, so for example, if you have a lot of excess income, let's say you're, you know, you're over 50, your kids are done with college. You finally have some excess income and your employer offers after tax contributions that you can convert to a Roth. So let me give you a, a quick um, idea of how much you can put in. Uh, well, I'm going to save this for the self-employed talk, but you can, in a 401k, you have to ask HR, do you, do you guys allow after-tax contributions? If yes, can I convert that to a Roth? Because everybody knows about the salary deferral portion, which is 22500 or an extra 7500 if you're over 50 by the end of this year. So, you know, that's $30,000 that you can get in as a deferral and then your employer matches, but the total contribution limit per the IRS is actually 73,500 this year, if you're over 50. So a lot of times you can put in the $30,000 pre-tax and then you can put in a big chunk of money after tax and convert that into the Roth 401k inside your plan. It's called a mega Roth 401k. Um, so also look at that because those savings options, I mean, there's really nothing out there that beats a Roth, right? You, you see these pitches. I even see it on social media all the time. Well, this is what the wealthy do with their money. They put it into a index universal life insurance policy and all this tax-free growth. And that's garbage. It's making somebody a huge commission. Those things are terrible for 99% of the population. Buy term insurance for life insurance and invest the difference. And use that extra money because everybody needs life insurance if they have a family, right? If you have a family with kids, you need at least 10 times your annual income, plus maybe anything to cover some debt and 100000 per kids per college. So get that 10, 15, 20 year level term, save the money and fund your Roth IRA, fund your Roth 401k, fund your mega Roth 401k and get that money growing tax free for the rest of your life.
All right. Very, very important to take advantage of that better than any investment out there. You literally want to do that. You max out your 401k between the deferral, the after tax to Roth contribution, make, do a Roth IRA, save a year or two worth of income and just, uh, index funds outside of your retirement accounts. You do all that before you ever get into like leveraged real estate and things like that. Cause you got to build that foundation, that base. Cause I do love real estate, but the only way, especially if you're looking at tax-free growth in a Roth, it's really hard for real estate to keep up unless you do a lot of leverage and take a lot more risk. Um, if for example, right now I've got a client that is owns a rental property and there was a leak in the house and they fixed it. And, but now the renter's suing them. There's just little things that you deal with as a landlord. Pain in the ass stuff. So pain in the, oops, excuse me, delete that out. Um, <clears throat> but rentals can be really, really good. And sometimes they can be really, really annoying. Um, another thing that I want to talk about today is uh, the 1099 income. So where did I read this? But the, the IRS delayed the implementation of the new $600 1099K threshold on third-party settlement organizations for 2023. So for example, if you know Venmo and other things like that, if they're if people are getting more than 600 bucks, these companies were required to start doing a 1099 so that people had to say, where's this money? What is this money for? Are you getting paid to do certain items that should be reported on a Schedule C on your tax return that you're not paying any FICA on and any income tax because you're just getting all cash through like a Venmo cash app or something like that. So they delayed that, which is a good thing. Cause again, you know, Congress does these acts and then realizes that it's takes way more time to implement than just making an announcement. Um, they're planning a threshold of 5,000 for the year 2024 as a phase in plan. So it looks like it's like, you know, 20,000 or over um, for 2023 from what I'm glancing at reading. So a lot of people that were doing some self-employed work or getting paid through a cash app um, can probably breathe a little bit of sigh of relief here. Now, another thing that I want to talk about that that brought this in, if you are self-employed where you you are paid and you get a 1099. Now, a W-2 is a different story. And unfortunately, California makes it so a lot of self-employed people have to get a W-2 now without any extra benefits. And it actually takes away retirement plan options for them. But if you are a person that's self-employed with a W uh, 1099 income, you want to get an individual 401k open before the end of the year because a lot of people go towards the SEP IRA concept if you're self-employed with 1099 income. And I, I just can't think of a, a major reason why, because the individual 401k, which you can set up for free at you know, Fidelity or Schwab, for example, allows you to put in what well, you can put into a set plus a salary deferral on top of it. And then if you're really trying to sock away money and do a mega Roth 401k, you do a custom plan, costs a little bit more money. But I'll give you an example of what you can get away if you're 1099 self-employed income and how much you can sock away even tax-free on top of whatever else you may be doing. Um, one of the things real quickly, I was going to give you an example, um, self-employed 1099 income. Let's say when you have self-employed 1099 income, you can either file a Schedule C or you can create an S-corp out of it. So in this situation, I'm talking about just a basic Schedule C be careful before you run off and just incorporate when you're self-employed. There's a right time to do it where it doesn't increase your, <laughs> where it can actually save you money versus just increase the cost of an extra tax return 
there's a lot of stuff online that every, you know, the tax incorporate, incorporate, incorporate. Well, the liability issue for self-employed, a lot of times it's not as big of a thing as you think. So anyway, let's say you're self-employed. So you, by the end of the year, your, your net income, your, your revenue minus your expenses is 150 grand and you're 50 years old. If you have an individual 401k that's customized so where you can do this, so you got to pay a little bit more on the front end to a TPA, third-party administrator to design it. But if you're trying to save as much money as possible and you can put in uh, on the pre-tax side between the deferral and the catch-up, $30,000, you'd be able to pay yourself a profit share of about 27900 in this scenario. Um, and then you could put in an after-tax amount of 15600 and immediately convert that into the Roth 401k. So a person that's making that much money can, between all of those sources, deferral, after-tax, and profit share into a, a customized individual 401k plan can put away 73500 if they're over 50 and they have the you know resources to do that. A lot of options there. Okay. Now, we're talking a lot about retirement. And over the last nearly 30 years of the business, what I've found and even how it's changed my retirement, like I talk about, I like to really focus on healthcare. And there's so many things going on in society right now that shows that we have a mental health crisis, whether it's the homeless situation, whether it's shootings, whether it's, um, oh, there's so much stuff I could talk about in the news. It's just sad to watch. And, um, but Let's, let's talk about that for a minute, because typically when you go into a doctor, um, the first thing you're going to do is throw you on pills without talking about anything, especially like diet. Um, and there's so much stuff recently. Um, Harvard T.H. Uh, Chan School of Public Health uh, wrote an article about this. Eating high amounts of ultra processed foods, particularly those containing artificial sweeteners, may increase the risk of developing depression. So there's all sorts of stuff coming out about how bad processed foods are, especially for males and how it just crushes your overall hormones and drops testosterone levels and everything else. Um, and the other possible issues is plastics in our food. There was this viral video going around on social media where a person takes a hot dog and they cut it in slices and puts it under a microscope and sees all of the undigested microplastics in a hot dog. Do not eat hot dogs. I don't know. It's, it's, you know, that type of processed food is so bad for you, especially the plastic intake. Um, this is a quick blurb from Science Direct, National Institute of Health.gov. Um, had this as well. Products we are so accustomed to using on a daily basis are often made with harmful chemicals like phthalates and Bisphenol. So basically, bisphenol A, which is BPAs. You see that term BPA all the time. So, like for example, um, every morning I drink amino acids and creatine in a shaker bottle, and I make sure that shaker bottle is made with BPA-free plastics. But yet, everybody drinks out of plastic water bottles, which are not only terrible for the environment but terrible for you to drink out of because of the microplastics that make the way into your body, wreak havoc on bodily systems especially regulation of hormones, which can lead straight to depression. And those two things, uh, highly processed foods and microplastic also creates a massive amount of inflation and in the uh, inflammation in the body, which is caused for so many issues, especially cancer and things like that. So 
if you want to enjoy retirement, all the money that you saved up, you really have to start focusing on your health. So you can go on those, you know, travel and be healthy enough to do all the things that you want to do while you don't have to go to work for 40 to 70 hours a week. So minor steps towards health, stop eating processed foods, beware of plastics and filter your water at home. Tap water is terrible. And just the idea of filtering out some of these harmful chemicals that are creating hormone issues in both males and females that are leading to depression. Part of that too, is that it blows my mind when you go to doctors and you have certain issues, whether it's physical or mental, the first thing that should be looked at is what are you eating and how is that affecting your body? So there's a lot of different options out there, whether it's DNA testing or like Viome, which you can test for food intolerance, get a list of foods that you should eat and that you shouldn't eat. So for example, Hashimoto's runs in my family. I love coffee and I love cheese. Every time I did one of these tests, it's saying, don't drink coffee and don't eat cheese. It's terrible for you. Cheese in general is actually pretty inflammatory for most people. And it causes like a similar addiction as dopamine. And I was struggling with that at night, like very, very healthy and fit. But if I stay up past 10, 11 o'clock, I just want meat and cheese. So cheese, cheese has a, it's, it's evil, but it's so good. But um, it blows my mind that, you know, you go to Western medicine, they just want to put you on a pill all the time where you might be able to fix your problems by avoiding certain foods, get rid of processed foods, get rid of vegetable oil and all the stuff that gets fried and fix your gut with probiotics. And that can even help your mental clarity and everything else. Um, so think about that stuff because we talk about money all the time, but I, I tell you watching people through retirement since I was 19 years old, those that remain healthy and part of their major routine every single day is the, one of the first things they do is exercise and work out and eat healthy they tend to be super busy and super happy, whether it's with their friends, grandkids, volunteer work, whatever it may be. So focus on the health just as much as the money when it comes to retirement. Don't forget to sign up for the event. Seven Steps for Retirement Readiness webinar, Thursday, December 7th. Coming up Thursday, December 7th, register at chadburton.com. You can find the podcast at all the sites and iTunes. Leave me a review at iTunes if you're listening. I'd appreciate it. And uh, if you need help with financial planning, money management, find me at shadburton.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.